Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Today, I interview Stefanos Sifandos, an advocate of healthy men and conscious relationships, and we discuss the ego and happiness and how they are tied into each other. We touch on a whole bunch of different topics such as sexuality, sensuality, attractiveness, is feeling attractive good for our overall health and happiness? We talk about the ego, is it all bad, and how people perceive ego these days and why, and so much more. I will link up Stefanos's Instagram account to the show notes so you guys can check out his amazing work over there. He does a lot of stuff on masculinity and femininity and living a healthy life for men and creating a healthy community for men. And he also hosts some workshops around consciousness and he is also a life coach and he does some amazing work. So you can check out his work on his Instagram. I'll link that up in the show notes and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hello, Stephanos. Welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Thank you so much. Can I first ask you what elevates your soul? Everything. As I was was thinking about this, so for me, exploration and the unknown and love, of course, is elevating the search or pursuit or even embodiment of what it means to be human and to explore the cosmos i mean that's just that elevates me so so deeply the the connection the conversation that we can have with other souls and how that then impacts us that that elevates me the creation creating creating whether it be content or a program or a journey or a system or an idea or an ideal or a new way of being that creative energy that elevates me massively as well and just being just being in stillness and silence and being in nature that elevates me yeah definitely nature is my go-to as well Mm. Mm. All right, let's talk about the ego and the link between ego and happiness today. Mm. But first of all, I want to ask, why do you think the word ego is perceived as a negative thing these days? And is our ego all that bad? Well, ego is not bad or good. It's just, you know, I read somewhere once that anything that exists is for us it's not it's not bad nor good it, it, it's it serves a purpose it's how we relate to it that really defines the judgments that we place on it yeah. and so ego is definitely not bad if anything ego uh and there are various ways to define ego but ego is is an opportunity it's an opportunity for growth it's an opportunity to look at ourselves and make adjustments in how we think how we feel how we behave how we idealize, how we relate to others, how we relate to ourselves. I think ego gets a bad rap because it's associated with extreme expressions such as vanity 
or arrogance. Yeah. And ego is so much more than that. Ego is a way that we relate and under, relate to and understand the world. It's a way we identify, self-identify. It helps us understand who we are. It helps us compartmentalize and label ourselves so that we don't get confused and that we have a clarity around who we are in the world. And that ultimately helps us feel safe. And ego wants to help us feel safe. The, the role that ego plays or one of the roles is to help us remain in the familiar because the familiar has a proven track record of keeping us alive. And so when we're making decisions about life, often we get those negative voices in our heads and those negative voices say, no, don't do this. You're not good enough. Or you don't have the skills or you don't have the resources or the finance. You know, ever wanted to start that business maybe and you, you think of every excuse you can because going into business for yourself or maybe entering a new relationship, it can be really daunting. There's a lot of unknown. And so the ego comes up with the, 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 the self-talk. And because we're geared in a, our brains physiologically and from a survival-based perspective, we're geared towards noticing the negative more than the positive because it enhances our chances of staying alive and staying vibrant and healthy. And so the negative self-talk is much of the same. And so the negative self-talk comes in. You don't have any business experience. You're not smart enough. You don't know enough people. The market's not good at the moment. The industry that you want to go in is not that great. How are you even going to launch and make it work? There's so many things that you need to do. You're in a steady job now. It gives you a great income. Just stay there. It's easy. Set. Because the ego just wants to stay in familiarity. So it's trying to keep us safe from that perspective. Same if you're entering a relationship. You know, are you really good enough? Are you, are you batting above your, um, your, you know, your, your weight class or are you yeah. hitting above your weight class? That type, of, that type of conversation. Are you ready to go into a relationship? What really do you have to offer? Because it's easier sometimes being alone because it's safer. And so the ego doesn't hate us. The ego loves and cares for us. It's the way that it expresses comes from a very primal place, yeah. comes from a place of survival. And so the negativity, the perceived negativity associated with that comes from that place. And when we realize that the ego is for us, we can start to have different conversations with ourselves, with our internal selves, and with that ego, with that part of ourselves. And when we start doing the inner work and exploring ourselves at greater depth, we start to realize that we're actually more worthy than we thought we were. And that changes the relationship as well. And we can venture more into the unknown and feel safer about that. Yeah. So the self-talk, you're saying is the ego, but if it's self-talk, that's positive as well. And that's motivating us and pushing us in the right direction. Is that also our ego then? Sure. It's the way we identify with the world. You know, uh, Matt Kahn says that the ego is the soul in its infancy. And so if we look at it from that perspective, which is really interesting, and I like this, is the ego is soul. It's all spirit. It's all soul. It's all, it all has, it all carries a higher purpose for us. We just can't see it or connect to it in that moment. And so if the ego is the soul in its infancy, it's just finding its way in terms of how it's learning to communicate. It's, it's maturing still. And so its communication is not always going to be clear and on point. And it's going to always want to keep us safe and remain stable in its, in its expression. And so when we understand that, again, we can have these conversations with these parts of ourselves that become a little bit more liberating as opposed to constricted and coming from fear. Yeah. I have another question for you then. Are people pleasers and people who put others' needs before their own, does that stem from like a small and a weak ego or 
what do you think about, you know, people who are constantly wanting to please and help others? Hmm. So a people pleaser is simply an expression of a survival strategy. At some point in our life, we've formed the very solid belief, or we think it's solid, it's not solid, it's malleable, but we've formed the belief that if we please others or maximise others and minimise ourselves in the process, because generally that's a byproduct of maximising others, unless you have um, a, a clear sense of self, a loving sense of self, and, and you have high, high self-worth, you generally minimise yourself, that their survival strategy is that the best way to receive love is to minimize ourselves and, 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 and maximize others at any expense, at any cost. And so somewhere along the way, we've learned that that's the way that we receive love in the most effective manner. And so is the ego small? Our sense of self is small. And so part of that is, yes, the ego doesn't, or the, the parts of us that value who we are in the world don't think very highly of us and maybe that's been drummed into us by an aberrant or violent or abusive father or or mother or parent maybe by a school teacher that told us that we weren't good enough because we couldn't do math and so and and maybe in, in my case I'll just share a personal example is when I was younger when I was a child I knew that if I was able to make my my parents happy my mother or my father it would mean that I would get hit less or I would get abused less or I would get judged and criticized less because the focus was more on them. And so over time, I developed that habit of placing a focus on other people. And that became my go-to and my norm and that I wasn't valuable enough to pay any attention to. And so that can also happen. And so a people pleaser ultimately has a low sense of self-worth. Yeah. It's still, it's still ego. It's all ego because it's all how we identify with the world. It's just not an extroverted out there loud arrogant ego would, would you say they have a, a weak ego or just or it doesn't have to do with whether it's weak or strong it's kind of just like i'm just trying to figure out the difference mm. between people who have more selfish tendency uh, tendencies and don't relate so well with others and don't have compassion or sympathy for others versus a people pleaser who's always taking care of everyone else before themselves yeah, you could say they have a, a weak sense of self. So they have a, a low self-worth, a weak sense of self, and a, and a, and a weak sense of, of their ego, that they're not value, valuable enough. Right. Okay. So it's, yeah. I guess, the relationship, the style of relationship that they actually have with their ego and then with their yes. themselves. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. It's extreme. So it's extreme yeah. in, the, in the lower sense of self as opposed to, the, to the, the arrogant and entitled sense of self. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a question about uh, sexuality Mm. (laughs) and good looks and feeling attractive. Is Mm. feeling sexy and attractive, is that good for our overall health and happiness? Or is that simply cockiness and too much ego? I think there's a spectrum, of course. I think having a healthy sense of self and appreciating one's body and one's persona and one's expression uh, and really valuing that and, and being grateful for that and then giving that to the to the world or giving that to people that we align with and that there's a deeper intimate connection with, I think that's very healthy. Of course there's a spectrum though, like we can we can be again arrogant and vain in our expression. We can be narcissistic in our expression or carry narcissistic tendencies. Yeah. And then the ego is operating in extreme. There's not a balanced or homeostatic sense of self. And that's unhealthy because ultimately that pushes people away. If we have this 
narcissistic narcissistic tendency, this vain tendency, we become hyper self-absorbed. And then the ego is in an extreme expression that we are we are too good for others, that we are the best, that um, that no no matter what others do or be, they can't match me. And so we isolate ourselves and one of the one of the reasons we're here and we're alive is to create social bonds and, and create and experience intimacy not only with ourselves but with others. We're relational beings. And so if we're too much in our in our vanity based ego, we're separating and isolating ourselves. Right. Right. So how can we have a healthy relationship with our ego and our uh, how do I say this? Sex appeal or physique? Hmm. I think humility plays a big role, and so character is 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 very important here. And and what that really looks like in the real world is not manipulating, not using our our gifts for manipulation or for uh, pure uh, pure extreme self gain. And so, I mean, an example of that in the real world could be um, a man that, or a woman that uses their, their looks and their power to manipulate a situation to elevate their status. Could be in a, in a job, could be uh, even in relationship. And we leverage that against someone because to satisfy our own selfish needs, whether that be a need to be seen or a need to be heard or a need to be paid attention to or a need to receive resources such as money, whatever it may be. And so not taking advantage of the gifts that we have because we realise that in the world that we live in, there's, there's ranges. And so there's this range where you're in, you either fall in the norm or the minor, what's considered the norm of the minority group. And that's a gift. That's a privilege, right? And then you, you, you can move and be in, in the minority group, depending on what the prevailing culture is at the time and the prevailing values in that culture. And so knowing that and being humble with that and still using your gifts, like, so you can still leverage your gifts, but what are you leveraging for? What's the intention? Exactly. And so, it, and that's the balance point. And this is an individual thing. Like you, you're gonna, there's nothing wrong with advancing yourself, but at what cost and how are you doing it? There's nothing wrong with being successful. That's great. It's, it, it's essential to be successful in the world. It's essential to have desire. That creates and generates momentum. But it's the intention behind that and how we're doing it. Is it coming from an unhealthy, wounded place to get and receive attention because your wounded little boy or girl is crying for help? And so you'll sacrifice the needs of others or you'll hurt others to get what you need. Yeah. Is that healthy? I would say no, it's not. Because you're going against the prime directive of re relationality and connection and intimacy by isolating yourself because no one's going to be attracted to that. But if it's coming from a healthy place of you wanting to just express your gifts and also acknowledging and valuing who you are and not compromising your values and others, and that's a balancing act that requires effort, then I think that's healthier. And it's yeah. not always going to be like that, though. Like that's a, that's a that's not a utopian way of looking at, at things, but it's a, a more ideal way of looking at things that requires effort and work and back and forth with the internal self. And there's going to be an internal tug of war, and you're going to cause tension in your outside world, in your relationships, in your environment. And that's how we learn. But we have to be open to growing and learning. Yes. Yes. Mm. When we do things to feed our ego is that a bad thing or a good thing because like in the spiritual community 
Mm. When, when, when we talk about the ego in the spiritual community, it's, it's always looked as like not a good thing. Like the ego is bad and you don't want to feed the ego and your actions are coming from an ego and you don't want to, you know, if you say someone has a big ego, that's not necessarily a good thing. So when we're feeding the ego from what I've been hearing, that sounds like a bad thing and a not good thing to do. So is it a bad thing or a good thing when we feed our ego? Mm, okay, so it's an interesting question that you're asking and how you're asking it. Sometimes it's, it's situationally dependent. So let's, let me look at this. Let me put it this way. Yeah. Sometimes you need to feed your ego. And let me explain. Let me explain how. Let's just, let me paint a picture. You've lost your job. All in one week, you've lost your job. You've lost your mother. She's passed away. She's physically died. You've lost your partner. You've had a hit in the stock market and some of your investments have been lost. You're arguing with your children and you're feeling pretty down in yourself. You're feeling pretty worthless. Most of the choices that you're making are not really leading you to feeling or experiencing joy and happiness and even contentment and just balance. And you need a bit of an ego boost. And so would it be wrong to, focus on what some of your gifts are maybe that you're a compassionate person maybe that you're a really giving person maybe that you've got a great body maybe that some of the things that are working in your life that you've created the value and the worth that you bring into the world would it be a bad thing to just bring that into your focus of attention for a day or two or a week just to give yourself some reprieve from the the pain that you're feeling i don't think that would be a bad thing right and so but if you're constantly feeding your ego for self-gratification yeah. And there's other things and values in your life and in your environment that are being sacrificed for that. And it's all about you and you're hyper selfish and hyper self-absorbed and you're hurting people in the instant, in, in that moment to satisfy your ego because you have a sense of low self-worth because you haven't done the inner deep shadow work to look yeah. at where is that coming from and, the, and the, maybe the put downs that you received as a child or the bullying that you received. And so you're propping yourself up on false pretenses and past wounding, no, that's not healthy. Right. And that's not sustainable. Because sometimes I'm just thinking about like people who fish for compliments. They're not exactly hurting other people and they're unaware of, you know, of I don't know if they really have, they, their intention is only to feel good about themselves. And I'm just thinking about the ego now. If they're doing something like that, fishing people who fish for compliments, to feed their ego and they're not necessarily hurting other people why is like why is that that people fish because they could be coming from a wounded place and they need reinforcement they need they they, they're struggling to self-soothe and they're struggling to understand themselves and give themselves self-love and so they're looking outside into the to their environment to their relationships so whether it be a friendship or a parent or a brother or a beloved a lover and maybe they're hyper codependent or they're, they're codependent in their relationships where they've learned over the years that relying on others for their happiness is the, is a conditioned response. And so they're looking to others. They're looking to others for validation. They're seeking external validation. Maybe that's just a habit or a pattern. It doesn't mean they're yeah. bad people or they're out to hurt others. They're just looking for self-satisfaction. They're looking for to feel safe essentially. And how can those people give themselves a feeling of feeling safe and self-soothing and self-love? Well, there's in different ways, but the, the healthiest way 
is to realize that they are, they carry intrinsic worth and value and that you are beautiful as you are. You are an amazing human being as you are and, and get clear on what you value in life, get clear on what makes you a quote unquote good human being and then start to act in that. So align your actions with your beliefs and that will help and, you know, break any codependent, tendencies that you have this reliance on other people to make you feel good and start nurturing yourself find out ways to nurture yourself maybe it's exercise maybe it's it's reading and informing yourself about healthy practices meditation spending time on your own being in nature uh looking after yourself looking after your your financial integrity as well and becoming more self-reliant knowing that you know prove to yourself or demonstrate to yourself that you have the capacity to give to yourself but you have to take action on that and you have to deem yourself worthy seek professional help if you can't do that to help break the patterns of the past where you believe and think that you're not complete go into your belief systems your limiting belief systems and start to de debunk them i mean um, you know, and, and break them up in in the work that i do with people individuals and groups we look at our belief systems we look at our, our patterns of conditioning, our childhood wounding. We look at how we behave under intensity and in extreme ways. We look at are we reacting. We look at some of the deepest fears that we carry and that most of our actions come from that unconscious place. We look at how we treat ourselves and are we kind to who we are. We look at our self-talk. So there's a lot that goes on here. But as a starting point, begin to give to yourself and know that you can be your own source of inspiration. Notice what value you give to the world. Yeah, for sure. And I'm just thinking for people who, just relating it to, <laughs> to people in my generation and uh, in the Western world, how we're posting, you know, these selfies and booty mm. pics and whatnot on Instagram. Mm. How can we like decipher between someone who's celebrating not that we, not that it's our position to judge, but mm. you know, it's learning what's the difference between someone being proud of their body and celebrating their body, and not doing it to seek any external validation. Mm. People who are actually feeling insecure and needing that validation, so you know they're using their physical appearance to make themselves feel better about themselves. Yeah, it's a great question. It's a tough one too. I think the, the immediate answer is you, you've sort of got in very specific to what you're asking. You've yeah. got to look at the complete profile of a person. You, you, and, and if you really want to understand that person for whatever your reasons are to understand them, you've got to look at the nuances in their behavior, what they're writing to, look at the, their, their profile or their expression and their um, I get. I, I guess I'm also. I'm also asking how people can realize uh, themselves rather than others, but like, uh, be more self-aware of why. Yeah. Well, if you get, if you if you're caught up on looking at how many likes you have and how yeah. much interaction you're getting and and how many comments you're getting and how many people are telling you how wonderful you are and you're really obsessed with that and you're looking yeah. at your phone every five, ten, fifteen, twenty minutes, <laughs> that's pretty much an indication that you're looking for external validation. Yeah. And then also possibly how you react to when someone mm. doesn't D doesn't agree with feedback, you, right? Yes. When you're posting yes. something to look for the feedback, and then you're like, "Oh, damn! I only got nine likes." <laughs> mm. You know, mm. the photo that I yeah. thought was too hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, the last question I have is: 
on a basic kind of level, how do we establish a long-term healthy relationship with our ego so that we're not, you know, becoming obsessed with external validation and becoming vain, uh, but also so that we're not having too small or weak of an ego that we're, you know, constantly looking after others and people pleasing and just not feeling good within our bodies and within ourselves. Mm. I believe setting up a regular conversation with those parts of ourselves that are feeling troubled or feeling wounded or even feeling elated, checking in with ourselves on a regular basis. How am I feeling today? I would say on a daily basis, have I behaved in accordance with my values today? Have I expressed myself clearly? Have I behaved in a way that's hurt others? If so, how do I feel about that? How do I feel about myself today? And I, am I really loving on myself today or has my self-talk been somewhat negative? And why? Where has that come from? Am I, is my mood and the way I feel about myself and life and others really determined by all of these things that are happening in my life? And are they happening to me? Are they happening for me? What do I think about myself today? Do I value myself? How would I rate myself on a scale of one to 10 in terms of how I've behaved? You know, having these regular check-ins with ourselves helps us cultivate a healthy relationship with all the parts of ourselves, with yeah. all that we are in the world. And it helps us refine, continue to refine and iterate the versions of ourselves that we want to bring into the world and bring into our relationships. Yeah. So to, to wrap this up um, is... Feeling sexy, a bad thing or a good thing? It's a good thing. It's, it's, it's got to be, it, all in all, it's got to be a good thing because yeah. I, I really feel that, you know, we're valuing ourselves. And sexuality is such a repressed expression in today's world, you know, in today's society. It has been for so long. And it comes from, a, a great deal of it comes from, Great Britain and the influence Great Britain has had on our Western Western society. Yes, and and I mean, there's obviously more reasons than just that, and that's just one one reason because the cultural value sets of of those times of the you know, 1400s, 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, mm. it's been quite prudish. It's been quite uh, reserved. It's been quite suppressed. It's become we've we've really suppressed ourselves as a culture. And we're seeing, we're seeing that change massively. And so it's, we're coming into extremes in order to find homeostasis and balance, yes. in, in order to find a stress-free existence where we can feel comfortable in expressing our sexuality and our sexiness yes. and, our, and our core essence and even any expression that we wish to have without feeling shame about it and without feeling guilt about it and without feeling, oh, I'm being vain or I'm being arrogant if I'm valuing my sexiness yeah i've seen i've seen people that would be i've seen you know guys with six pack abs eight pack ten pack abs uh you, you know value their sexiness and because they have this ideal this collective ideal of what sexy looks like They've got all the muscles, the low body fat percentage, the chisel, the chisel jaw, the symmetry, the you know the perfect hair, whatever it may be. You know, some some people may not find that attractive, but for the majority yeah. of of us, we say, well, that's they fall into an attractive category, and because they fit this profile, if they 
not so much flaunt, but just take ownership of their sexiness, they're, um, they're called arrogant. They're called egoic. They're called vain. Yeah. And maybe they're actually not coming from that place. And, yeah. and, so, and then the other side is that you see these people like a man that, I'm just using man as a, two men as yeah. an example. You can yeah. replace with any gender, it doesn't matter. But a man that is obese or, or terribly overweight, um, you know, maybe is, is, not, is not considered attractive by collective standards. Yeah. Yet he's owning his sexiness and he's not considered vain. He's not considered arrogant. He's yeah. considered courageous and fun and great. And look at him. He's beautiful in all his glory. Yeah. Now, you get yeah. what I'm saying, right? You get, I and, totally, and, yeah. Yeah. And so these collective values, they imprint us, our individual psyches. And so what I'm saying is let's look at the behavior. If we can, let, let's try and look past the, let's try and look, um, let's try and look beyond the, the, the aesthetics and look at the behavior of a person to determine or make an assessment of what their come from is and what their intention is. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And like how much, how much energy are they, they putting out in the world or are they using for themselves in just their physical appearance or, you know, are they also using their energy and their time to serve other people and value their mm. health and take care of the planet, mm. grow and expand and educate yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Well, I think that's a wrap for today. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Wonderful. Bye. Bye.